Welcome to another episode of What the Fuck Do You Do? Season 2. We got a special guest with us today, and it's only fitting for our podcast to have a video editor and podcast editor. We've got John. John, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. This is nice. We're so happy to have you. In this a beautiful great. apartment, beautiful setup here, beautiful crew. You didn't like set uh, set this up or anything. You didn't help us. We didn't know what we were doing. I helped a little, but you guys knew what you were doing. Very <laughs> impressive. We knew very little, very yeah. little. But like I was saying before, and I guess this is good podcast stuff. A lot of it you just have to learn as you're going because you just get burnt over and over. I started doing this sort of thing as an intern. Just PAing, so you're just like being a production assistant on shows. So you basically just see all these older people who know what they're doing, and you have no idea what you're doing, and then they start to give you little things to do. Then they give you medium things to do, and those are the things you start messing up. Sure. So you just constantly have this level of anxiety the entire time (laughs) that something's going to go wrong, that you're going to look at the footage and it's going to be out of focus or glitchy or... The audio didn't record or something, so we were talking about before, you just have to really cover all the holes in the side of the shit. What's the biggest fuck up that you made when you were first getting started? It, a lot of it is um, like footage. I, I'm an editor, so but I started trying to do camera stuff, but I didn't go to school for it. So it's a sort of thing where you'll be in there and the little display looks all right, but then when you go and you put it in your computer, you realize it's a little soft or if it's a dark space. There's a lot of noise, a lot of um, fuzziness, graininess. Sure. Um, Things like that, which have been super disappointing because in the moment, I think I'm capturing something pretty awesome. But then, you know, I get back to it. (laughs) It's like the the lens cap or something. It's like inside of your pocket. I never had the lens cap, fortunately. (laughs) Never had the lens cap, but I think I lost my lens cap. (laughs) Has that ever happened where, like, someone captured entire like footage of something and then they realized the lens cap was on the camera and then they were like i guys we gotta redo the whole thing um definitely like dead batteries and things like that um which doing setups like these as an editor and just knowing how much of a pain it is to try to go back and fix things being an editor helps a ton mm-hmm. because basically you spend most of your time thinking like oh this person could have done this this person could have done that. Um, even now, it's like, oh, is everything right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, is everything we hope so. Right? We're going to find out like, in like half an hour. Okay, yeah. That's going to be good. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool. So you're paying attention to everything as a video editor. Like, I'm sure you're watching like all sorts of different video clips all the time, like thinking about how you would have done it. Like, what are some of the shining examples that you saw or that you see on a general basis? You're like, that's a fucking good video editor. Uh, A lot of music videos are crazy. Um, A lot of people are given a lot of creative leeway to do things that obviously require, you know, trust in the artist and then resources and then the experience to even just, um, like, for example, and, and this is a problem I have, is having ideas, but then not having a reason to do them. And also having my regular work, my freelance work, or when I had a full-time gig, having that sort of thing. So it's, it's this kind of deal where you get a lot of good ideas um, for like an effect or uh, where you kind of just, this would be cool, 
but it's too much work to do it for free for myself right, right. now. I hope I remember it. And then you end up never doing it. But then just thinking of those ideas makes you think of better ideas the next time. Right. So it's not even like once I get to the level where I could execute an idea, I would even want to do that one anymore, which is probably a, a dynamic that <laughs> like a, a good notebook could... Uh, yeah, yeah notebook, a little therapy. <laughs> Something. Exactly. Just flashing out ideas in general. Yeah. Um, I just had... My good friend Hank, who works for this company called Boris FX, <laughs> FX, like FX, he just gave me um, a discount on a license to do a lot of, a lot of cool transition things, oh, cool. which I'd never really done because I was asked to do a graphic video, mm. um, like a company kind of a lot of text on screen stuff, which normally is kind of, you know, not that interesting. Right. But for him to give me all these new graphics and all these new... Um, like I've I've only done one video with it, but all of a sudden, you know, yeah. different part of my brain's working in a different way. Yeah, you got new toys to play with. Exactly, exactly. That's pretty fun. Yeah. So I I want to take it back because you mentioned you didn't go to school for this. How did you get into this? I kind of went to school for it. Okay. I didn't really go to school for anything. Then I had after sophomore year, I had to decide, so I did communications, which is you know, obviously one of the premier, easiest, <laughs> easiest thing, but anyone could pass it, but a lot, you do learn a lot of cool things in those. Right. Um, they're just easy, basic pass fail classes. Um, I found them to be pretty fun. So I was always trying to be competitive with my classmates. Usually a third of the people didn't care at all. A third kind of cared and a third cared and wanted to do it. So I was in that third. Um, so, you know, it's just, I, I had like this nemesis, I want to name him, but every time like we had projects, name, you should name him Shane. Yeah. <laughs> I will, I will, because I might come across him one day on LinkedIn and he might hook me up or something. Just, or he just, might see this podcast and be like, oh, fuck yeah. that guy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I wonder which one's more likely. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how, we'll see how much we blow up. We'll dive back into the archives. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing that it's, um, a lot of times there's a lot of wiggle room in what you're going to deliver to people. So it's like kind of trusting yourself that you can come up with something cool. Um, while also being like, I'm doing this for someone who has a vision who's not accurately telling me what they want me to do. Right. So it's a big balance of how much do I give a huge effort and might be going down the wrong street, you know? Yeah. That's where, um, just like the, this thing that happened to me today, I'm working with a company who they liked the first draft of something, but they basically said, we don't have the bandwidth to follow through with this. Sure. So we just have to table it because it's going to take a lot of back and forth, a lot of notes. Um, and that's where like producers come in. The producers can be in anything. A lot of producers don't do anything. They're kind of just like, mm. they just hang out. They hear what a boss says and they tell like the people who make the thing what to do. But a lot of times without a person like that, the bosses don't have time to interact with us. Gotcha. So it, it's kind of a manage, uh, manager thing huh. or a managerial thing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely learning like the, the value of having a team. Sure. Right? That's what I see a lot of the people who are doing this stuff the best. They have like these super teams. 
Yeah. Yeah. I work with this guy named Steven Mucci, who's an amazing cameraman. Yeah. And so whenever we're collaborating on something, it's like, nice. I don't have to worry about my shitty footage. <laughs> you know, this guy films it. I edit it. Um, I know plenty of people who are amazing voiceover on air talents. Right. Um, I got to work with um, the big three I always think of are Jordan Rowling, Kevin Kenny, and Neha Joy. While I worked with that billboard and uh, the Hollywood Reporter. And so you start to realize like everything you see on television is um, like all these people are that, that are really good at one little thing. Sure. But just work well together. And then that's where like the end of a movie credits has like 700,000 people. It. <laughs> it's insane, man. It's insane. I worked on a movie. I worked on one movie when I was doing production assistant sure. stuff. Black Mass. It's, um, oh, it's oh, yeah. 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 I was a production assistant for two days. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, uh, basically I had to like keep the shot in Lynn mass, which is like, you know, I'm sure there's nice parts, but we weren't in the nice parts. And I was in charge of keeping like, uh, strange women, strange street women away from Johnny Depp's trailer. All that, that's the whole job. He <laughs> pretty much says, oh can you stay back? Can you stay back? Can you stay back? And it was cool. But then, um, my, my mom, I wanted to see it in theaters, and my mom saw it before I had a chance to. She told me my name wasn't in the credits. Oh. <laughs> so if I didn't get in, you have to imagine, and I barely did anything. Right. But you see those like 900 people in the credits, and then so. That's crazy. So yeah. how, how did you get from, actually, I'm just curious about like your journey. So like you were the, in the third of the communications class that actually cared about communications, and then you've been doing production assistant work, video editing work, you work for a company. How did you get from school like to getting these jobs? Uh, just like really lucky and blessed. Um, my aunt went to summer camp with this woman named Kat Greenleaf who worked uh, on NBC. She hosted a, a show called Talk Stoop. Um, so then she got me an internship interview. I got super lucky there where the woman who was interviewing me forgot about it. So I had to wait for two hours. So by the time I got in there, I had like all that guilt and shame on my side. <laughs> like anything for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I ended up interning there. I had a good time. Um, I remember when I, I was playing um, uh, beer pong with my company and I was like the only college kid. So I'm, obviously I'm winning. My team's winning every time. And my boss, who was a little in it at that point, told me that if I beat him in the next game, he'd give me a job. So I beat him in a pretty cool way that I remember properly. <laughs> Go back for my senior year. One night, I just called him. can't remember if I called him or I texted him or whatnot. A role just happened to open up. Wow. I got to go back to 30 Rock to start it. And then uh, that was a kind of a funny story. You want to hear a quick full circle story? I'm so ready. Yeah, give it to us. All I, uh, the takeaway I got was alcohol helps. Yeah, just get good at beer pong. Getting good at beer pong and alcohol can develop your career in oh so many ways. Alcohol and connections. Honestly, like, <laughs> anything. This is Madman. Madman was right. Connections over alcohol. Okay. I would actually imagine, though, like in entertainment business, that true. world, like that's actually kind of true. It's completely true. It's completely true because, especially interns, no one's hiring interns because they need something. Hmm. They're like fulfilling some sort of a 
societal thing. We have an internship program. Look at us. We're nice. We help kids or whatnot. So they just want people who are decent, not annoying, willing to learn and all that. Um, I, I remember interns who, after I was an intern and I came back, the amount of people who were basically shitting on them for different reasons. One kid who just wore shorts to work every day. <laughs> I say that I'm wearing shorts now. Um, but... Yeah, just just if you get those, like, I, I say to my brother, I remember one time I was talking to him, he was graduating college, I was like, dude, let me connect you, let me connect sure. you. And he was saying something, I appreciate it, but I want to do my own thing. It's like, that is so ridiculous. Like, the idea of just be like, starting from nothing. Right. Yeah. Like, how complex it is to, like, be a person, and how complex it is to, like, have jobs and need to find jobs. Yeah. You need to do, you need to like capitalize because I've helped tons of kids, like younger people, just giving them whatever advice. Because I, I got a good example when I was at NBC when I was first starting. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't see it as, I definitely got hooked up, but then I worked hard to keep going with it. And then you paid it forward. Because if I didn't accept it, all the kids I've helped since yeah. wouldn't have anything. So it's like, you know, we all have to pick up scraps, right? Yeah. So, was it fun? <laughs> you were going to tell us a funny full circle story. Yeah, you were going to tell us a full Oh, yeah. So, uh, I'm at NBC, and they have this contractor rule where it's like after 20 hours, um, if you average more than 20 hours a week for a year, you have to step away for six months. Oh, wow. And so, I had a job. I was editing... Um, some of their old content down, old, uh, like Starsky and Hutch, Murder, <laughs> She Wrote, because the commercials were shorter back then, so if they want to air them now, they have to go in and cut people out. Wow. Or cut, cut little moments out. Wow, so you're literally changing the actual narrative of a show to get more ads. Uh, ideally, no. Sure. But it'll be like if she's creeping down the hall with a lantern for 15 seconds. Just takes a little faster. Five <laughs> yeah. So you know Starsky and Hutch really well then. I know Bronco, this old show Bronco, okay. um, starring this dude Ty Harden a lot better. Murder, She Wrote more. I, I did Starsky and Hutch a decent amount. That's a good show, for sure. And you've probably seen a version that anyone modern has never seen. I always think about it. I always think about um, <laughs> some old guy gathering up his grandchildren. My episode's on tonight. My episode's on when I say, hey, Bronco's, Bronco's back. And that's something that I had considered. <laughs> you just cut the off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so uh, since I had interned there, people were, I, I kept saying, hey, let me help you with this. Let me help you with that. Ultimately, I was averaging way over 20 hours. Mm-hmm. So I have to take this break, right? I do a bunch of things in between. And then just last December, when I was at Billboard, we ended up getting laid off for, there was basically a, sort of a COVID-related reorg sure. um, that the LA team kind of won out on because you can film things year-round. Mm-hmm. You know, Once the pandemic started getting over a year, it was like, there were a bunch of reasons. Um, I don't know what I should even be like talking about right now, but... Whatever you want. Anyways, we get... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out, right? right. Our, our team gets like kind of you know, closed down. I find... 
a lot of the people I used to work at NBC with are still there. My old boss, the same one who hooked me up before, he hooks me up again. He puts me through. He says they might have an opportunity for you. Turns out the job I have now, the guy who used to have that job just had to lose the job because he was averaging more than 20 hours a week. Wow. Hmm. So you just snuck him at that perfect like six-month window. Crazy. Super lucky. Why is it a rule in place? I, I wish that was a rule that my company gave where if I average more than 20 hours a week, they maybe step away. Yeah, well, it's not just, it's not like, it's not step away. It's like, you're gone. Like, no. no oh, I thought it was like a sabbatical. No, like no sabbatical. Okay, so that's Is it so they don't have to pay benefits and stuff? Yeah, it just becomes yeah. like, either they have to, I was actually in line. I was one of the finalists to become a full-time editor on that show, mm-hmm. Talk Stoop. I remember looking at the guy. I remember his name. Um, he, uh, I like him, but I remember being upset at him in this moment. Right. He told me, I think you're good enough to do this job. I went through a bunch of tests, but he said, you're too green sure. right now. I was like 22, 23. He said, I don't know if you're going to want to do this in five years. I remember just being like, come on. Just give it to me. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, being real bummed out about that, but now I'm at a point where I don't know if I'd hire a 22 year old kid to be like the head, a lead video editor on a show. Sure. Because, yeah. I've definitely had those feelings wanting to do other things. Yeah. Um, but what do you think comes after video editing and podcast editing for you? Uh, as a career move, just sure. producing okay. um, of, of some sort. I, I said before how it's kind of a nondescript job in a lot of ways. So I want to be a hands-on one. It'd be awesome to be advising things, assigning things, but also have my, get my hands dirty in what I want to do. A lot of editing is just, you do all the stuff that no one else wants to do. Um, So something where I get to be, I'm realizing this now, I want, what I want to do right now, Mm -hmm. I want to get a full-time job with the salary and benefits and anything cool. Yeah. And I want to maintain some of the side things. The podcast, you know, I'm happy to do whatever, stay up late, editing podcasts, listening to podcasts back. Um, but yeah. Yeah. But you get the com- like comfort and stability, a little bit of balance, exactly. the ability to be creative. Exactly. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. What is so like for a certain job, whether it's a movie or a TV show, Walk me through, like, what is the process of how the idea becomes, like, the movie? And then what does the video editor step in? Like, what are those, like, different roles look like? So, I've never worked on movies as an editor. I think that's the kind of thing that kids are going to film school for. Sure. Okay. So, that's kind of a realm that I'm not even involved in. What I'm doing a lot is a lot of, you know, digital video, um, online video, things that turn around, you know, within a few days, a week. But my old job when I was working at Billboard, the where I just got laid off from, that was same-day turnaround for news videos. Oh, wow. So that seems really fast. Yeah, we had to do three-day. So that's where I worked with Kevin Kenny and Jordan Rowling and Neha Joy. Basically, what we would do is we started that program, the Billboard news video thing. Me and Kevin did. Um... Me, Kevin Neha, and Jordan all worked at the same company before, a company called Zazoom. That's how I met them. Kevin brought me over when he got the hosting job. Cool. But basically what we were doing is we were finding 
the stories they were writing articles about online. Jordan would turn them into scripts, decide how we want to dress it up. We'd record it. She'd give it to me. I'd throw in music videos and photos and all that sure. stuff, try to make it look cool and just do three of those, two, three, as fast as we can. Pretty wow. Much. Yeah. That seems like crazy collaborative and hands-on. Like, you don't get a lot of breaks when you're actually at work. No. Um, it was the kind of thing where there wasn't a ton of, I don't know, it was weird. It just became one of those classic things where, I remember Kevin and I used to be like, let's do five, six videos a day. We'll show them, like, maybe we can get paid more or whatnot. Sure. We got, it turned out, that incentive turned out to be nothing, so... Um, it, it just kind of turns into the same thing where you just get this assignment. I, w- I was tired of it. I was really tired of it. But then the pandemic comes. Right. By that point, I'm working with Jordan. I've been working with her for a few years. We have it so down. It's like a language, right? Mm. Um, but then we're all remote. Everything's remote. We're not seeing each other. Yeah. It just got weird. We started working with the California team, which is just problematic because <laughs> I'm done at five and then I go sure. out and at six... They were like, hey, we need something like it all. Yeah. 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 So what, uh, who's providing like the news videos? Is that like the actual news outlets and they just contract Bill Moore to do the editing? So basically, if you've ever seen, if you've ever gone to any of those websites and they have a video that auto plays at the top, that's basically sure. a summary of the article. That's what we were making. Oh, okay. Yeah. So at first we got a lot of pushback from the writers because... Yeah. We're like, okay, no one's reading our pieces. Anymore. They're just watching the, the super cool video exactly. that, that you put together. But we were making all the money because, right. um, you know, three news videos with ads on them every day. Other people are working on, you know, long form content. Right. Which is the stuff that makes it shiny. You know, the cover shoot videos, big interviews, all, the, all these exclusive things. But that's not where the actual money comes in. Mm-hmm. So when the pandemic happened... We got acquired by another company. They laid off the entire video team except for our little branch of wow. it. Because you're the only ones kind of like bringing in and generating money. Exactly. So yeah. I, I feel like with news, right, there's a lot of critique about news today in terms of the content that is put out there. So like you're editing the videos that is actually getting all the views instead of the actual article. That's a pretty powerful position in a way, but how much like, creative leeway or freedom were you given to edit the video or remove certain things from the actual news story? Um, it's, it's interesting because there's something that, that just do really well that if there's news, we got to do them because they're just so profitable. Um, K-pop is crazy like that, <laughs> as I'm sure everyone knows. Anytime we do a story about BTS, it goes through the roof, wow. right? Um, but also, it was cool when we were doing some article about, this is kind of sad, but anything that was like retrospective on an older artist's life, or a new album from a respected artist that doesn't release a lot, those, sure. those things were interesting and compelling, but then a lot of it's like, basically we can track how good the articles are performing live on the website, and that's how we get them, right? So it's like, hey, the, uh, you know, the Beyonce videos go, or article there's 500 people reading it right now. And there's been 500 consistently all day. Put a video up there, right? But then there might be something cool like 
hey, the Rolling Stones, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but there's only 17 you know, old people on that article. Right. Don't worry about it, right? Um, but the thing that did get pretty problematic is um, Jordan was a huge proponent of this, or definitely opened my eyes up to some of the things that um, definitely other people on the team weren't seeing, is after a while... We would get like a list of story recommendations. Mm. There would be some people, like really analytical people, <laughs> saying, oh, we should do these ones, we should do these ones. And after like a, uh, a long period of doing things, you kind of get a picture of what we've been doing. Mm. And I'm kind of beating around the bush, but essentially we were just seeing like certain groups of people we're having stories in about them in negative ways. A lot of gotcha. Yeah. Uh, a lot of conflict, a lot of um, you know, things like violence, infidelity, uh, right. just general negativity, right? That ended up being the most popular content or the stuff that like always got dragged up. Because we got on Snapchat <laughs> and we started making a ton of money on Snapchat. They paid the best for the ads, but our Snapchat audience was like I don't know, probably like eight to 14 or huh. something. So it's like, what does it say every time this huge company, their Snapchat story is this gun violence related thing, or this like personal feud related thing, or this like dude talking shit to this guy about being with his girlfriend. That's all going to like young, like preteens basically. Dude. Yeah. It was um, crazy. It was rough. Um, yeah. So and, like, especially with like all the protests that were happening. Right. We even said to our bosses, we're like, we show them like our whole list of what our past projects were like. This is what we're doing. I know we're doing it because we need, like, that's how we're performing. That's how we get money. But, like, what is this? Yeah. Like, the we get money for covering this, that's portraying this a certain way, that's showing little kids, misrepresenting <laughs> people to kids. Right. It's like, this is like the definition of, Basically, systemic racism. Yeah. Um, which is crazy, too, because Jordan is, like, such an influential person in my life sure. that if she hadn't said that stuff to me, which yeah. as soon as I started looking at it, I'm like, this is disturbing. Yeah, you see the whole pattern. I, yeah. But if it wasn't for her, like, even mentioning those things that time, it's like you just go to work and you're doing it. And at the end of the day, my girlfriend would ask me, like, hey, what was the news today? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't care. I just did it. You were just like, this is a job. I'm here to do this job. You're not really like understanding necessarily like the bigger picture of what's happening. I'm like listening to podcasts while I'm working. I'm trying to like, yeah, you know, learn some crazy stuff on the side. Um, so you forget that because I, I don't watch the videos. The last thing I want to do is go home and watch the videos. Yeah, the stuff that yeah. you just put together. It's like, yeah. So you, you forget it's getting broadcasted. But you don't, you don't do that. <laughs> you don't just watch videos like, oh shit, wow. that was amazing editing. I did that. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'd see it like in an airport on one of those TVs. You know how it has those like news rundown things yeah. at the bars. Like, oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> Why did that? Wow. Oh, well, I mean, that makes a lot of sense when you're talking about like wanting to be on the production side, like have a little bit more creative control, even like do your own stuff. Like actually getting to choose what type of content you produce and that you create, like that makes a ton of sense coming out of that past experience. Totally, yeah, and, and it got a lot better. Yeah. You know, our bosses were definitely. Hey, be more vocal. If you feel uncomfortable, like, you know, we're busy. I, 
I don't want to blame anyone. Right. But like like I said, it's just these things that become passive work things. Mm-hmm. Jordan starts stepping up. Hey, I don't want to do this video. Cool. Or hey, I want to do this video. I know it's not performing that well, but this is an awesome thing. That's badass. Yeah. Um, she's badass for sure. Um, but yeah, that like what I want to do now is not news. Right. Not news at all. Not same day turnaround. Stuff. Sure. Yeah. So I want to go back to one thing you mentioned a little earlier, which is when you were first applying the job you didn't get, like I kind of swooped it out from under you. You said there were a lot of like different tests that you were doing to try to interview and get there. Like, how are you actually competing for these types of jobs? Like, how do you apply? What's the interview process typically like? Well, that was just internal. Sure. So someone said, Hey, they're going for it. You should go for it. Mm. And that's, um, and I'd already been kind of helping with that show. So I was in it definitely one of the more internal picks. I was going against an older guy who was outside just with a bigger resume. Mm-hmm. And so then it's just, hey, take this interview footage and try to make it work well. Oh, so it's like an actual project that you might be doing as part of the job. Yeah, it's not written tests or anything. Sure. It's all um, just called an edit test. Uh, it's funny that my final edit test, they actually use on, on like they just used it on TV. So it was good oh, enough wow. to go on what the TV. Heck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they basically did, took your work and then, yeah. like, we're not going to hire you, but we are going to use this. Yeah, no, I, I, I have, at this age, I have no bad feelings about it. I right. totally understand. Right. But at that time, I'm like, just used it. Yeah. I remember it was, this, um, it was this little girl, I can't remember her name, but she was in this movie called, um, I think it was called Beasts of the Southern Wild. Do you know that? Yeah, I remember that movie. It's like New Orleans and there's sure. monsters or something. Um, Sounds insane. I want to watch this movie. <laughs> I, it's not like that insane, though. I can't, did you see it? I, I can't. I don't think I ever actually saw it, but I remember seeing the trailers for it. I remember watching it and thinking, like, I want there to be more monsters in here. But it was kind of chill. Like, you just you just see the monsters in the background or something. Um, but anyway, there's, like, a little girl... <laughs> giving an interview and I was able to like cut her thing up to be intelligible. She was obviously like a savant little girl. Sure. But yeah, that was definitely, that, that was the test. Right. Yeah. So what was what like a day to day look like when you were working and then also as a freelance? Yeah. So working at billboard, you just get in and usually the first story is assigned. So I'm just waiting for Jordan to do her part, write the script and record it. And then while I'm editing the first one, she's producing the second one. Cool. And that pattern repeats until she's basically relaxing, prepping for, they had her doing tons of interviews, tons of other things that she had to be filling her time with, basically waiting for me to finish, um, you know, kind of thing where you try to, you kind of try to fill out your day. You know? Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Like I didn't try to do that. Right. Um, and it just becomes so monotonous, right? But now freelance, I have a bunch of different clients. So, like today, I edited it. I edited an NBC piece. Cool. Um, then I quickly did these sort of like the, these podcast breakout things for this company called Pillar, which mm-hmm. is a company that my first internship, not the NBC one, the one I did the summer before. Sure. I got hooked up for my uncle's best friend, hooked me up with his company. That company um, just like gave me more work. So just to go back to that point, the, uh, you know, 
just keep reaching out to people. Yeah. I'm getting work now that was like, you know, handed to me back then. Right. But then you like crushed it and they remember you, you know, five, six, seven years later. That was before I even was in this stuff. So it was yeah. like completely unrelated <laughs> to this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, just basically balancing. The thing I like now is if I want to go do something, if I want to go do this, if I want to go play basketball, I can and I just wake up early the next day. You nice. know? Or I just stay up late the next night. So You get to set your own schedule. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a podcast right now about um, it's for moms who are trying to it's called Mom's Exit Interview. About moms who are trying to leave the 9 to 5 Whoa. corporate life and start side jobs while also you know being moms and being with their kids. Cool. And there's some things in there that are just, you know, for moms, right? But the vast majority of it, I'm like, oh, these are the goods. This is what I want to do. Yeah. You know? This is the blueprint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. One thing I still need to work on is I need to get, like, my john at johnhollowitz.com, mm. not john at gmail.com, because... That's one of the secrets they tell me. That's how you look like a loser. That's how you're Gmail. Your polished website. Yeah, exactly. your own, own email address. And I made up that email myself every day. But uh, unless you got jobs, unless you got jobs. <laughs> yeah, then it is real. John at gmail.com. I have a feeling that one's been taken. Yeah, no, no, there's a bigger bigger version of that. But um, the, the, uh, the real thing that stood out to me from editing that was this one woman just stopped saying, like, you know, when you work for yourself, all of a sudden a weekday will feel like a weekend. Mm. And that's the one thing I, I just like, do not want to say goodbye to if I get I a full-time that. job. Um, but at the same time, paying for my own insurance. Right. Yeah. Paying for like shitty insurance. The first 500 <laughs> bucks and blah, like, oh my God, this is horrible. So ultimately, because you mentioned you want the salary and benefits, you want to end up in that nine to five job or ultimately you want to have like a successful freelancing business of your own. So that like I have this one job I'm going for fingers crossed. I think, it, I think the interviews went well, but it's not, it wouldn't be nine to five. Sure. Like generally I should be on at that time, but it would be, I'd have to finish eight videos in eight weeks so I could take a day, wrap early, go, you know, do whatever. And then just catch up the next day. Cool. That whole thing of like, where's the video? Where's the news video? Where's the news video? That was that was annoying. You just have longer deadlines, so you have a little bit more flexibility. In exactly. Little, little phase. I'll have a chill day today and an extra hard day tomorrow. I'm cool with that. I like yeah. that stuff. Sometimes that stuff feels awesome, right? I'm sure you guys both know what it's like right. to just stay up late and <laughs> do your thing, and so your brain goes numb, and you're just getting the flow zone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The flow state. Yeah, Plus, yeah. that's a real thing. Yeah. So, so I guess to answer your question, probably a combo. Like, I, I want a full time job that isn't super demanding right. now, now, now. You know. Yeah. Just to be trusted to get your work done. Like, yeah. That's how all people should be, I guess. True. Like, uh, I don't know. yeah. I like that. And so, okay, like, now that you've navigated the corporate side of things, the freelance side of things, like for somebody breaking into this that wants to get into video editing podcast editing, just the whole industry, like what, what type of advice would you give somebody? Like, what do you wish you knew when you started off? Um, I think it's the kind of thing where, and I, I, I mean, it's analogous to most of my life where you figure out how to do one thing one way mm -hmm. and that's good enough. 
And then one day you learn some new technique or some new window gets opened and you realize all of a sudden this whole new level is accessible to you that you didn't even know is there. Um, and that comes from just like doing a bunch of projects that you don't know if you can do or not. Just pushing yourself a little bit further. Yeah. It's a, pushing yourself sounds like it's like, oh crud, I'm going to do it. <laughs> no, it's not like, I'm a for, hustler. For me, it's like uh, someone at my job, hey, can you do this? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay. Just don't say no. Just yeah. like basically yeah. just don't say no. And then if if it's an older person, like I'm thinking back more to my early mindset. I don't think they're going to ask you to do anything that they don't have a good grasp on. Sure. If you're like 22, 23 or whatnot. Right? So a lot of it's just like fluency in programs. So if someone says, hey, can you like help? We need you to rearrange all these files. Just like do that boring, boring stuff. Right. Then the next thing you know, four years later, you're doing some project. And you realize that you learn to organize files in a way that's going to make this project super easy. Hmm. Right? Th these are boring answers. These are boring answers. But I, it's kind of a hard question just to... Yeah. It's like... They're just benchmarks, I guess. Sure. Um, Mainly, it's just like not being nervous, doing things enough, failing enough, going back to the beginning, where that anxiety goes away because you're like, right. I'm just gonna wrap this with enough bubble wrap right now that even if everything goes wrong, I can pass in like something. Sure. Yeah. Right. So, does someone need a formal degree, college degree, to break into this field, or can they learn all this on their own? Uh, well, so I learned to edit in college. Um, but no one has asked me about my degree. Oh. I, I, I like forgot it's even a thing. Like, no one's asked me about college forever. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely good to learn that stuff in college, but you could also learn it afterwards. Sure. Um, but the college projects are designed to learn the basics. Um, so I would recommend it. Like if you're going to take, if you're, cause we didn't offer a more advanced, it wasn't like I was like the editing classes I took in our comm program, this was a year before they built this huge communication center. So okay. it was just using all this old stuff. That was like the best they had at school. So it's not like I'm at whatever I imagine USC to be like, and they're like, you want to be a video editing major? Whatever it is, like film Final. major. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so you, you can teach yeah. yourself. <laughs> you can really teach yourself. And like I said, editing is awesome because... It's basically the thing no one wants to do. They want to be hosts. They want to be shooters. They want to, mm -hmm. you know, people want to make music videos. Like I, me and that guy, Steven, um, Steven Mucci, the cameraman, we work with this artist named Jay Swift, who I met because I interviewed him on college radio back at UMass. Then we were in New York together. So it, it's cool. It's like, he wants to have music videos. He wants to perform in music videos. I want to edit music videos. I don't want to rap in the music videos. <laughs> I don't want to shoot music videos because I'll yeah. fuck it up. Steven doesn't want to rap or sing. He doesn't want to edit. So it's just like everyone's scratching yeah. everyone's back, you know? You have your perfect niche. Yeah. Exactly. You guys complete each other in a weird way. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> but, that, but then you go to modern day, like people want to do podcasts, right? Right. This woman who's doing like the mom podcast, 
she's all she's a former Netflix executive. She used to host. Um, she she has all these things up in her brain that she can share that people can benefit from. She has all the connections, but she's not gonna like stick around on the computer for hours and hours, like trying to figure out how audition works. She's not on the free account of Audible. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. let me do the the dirty work that. It's not even that hard. It's like whenever I see, I, I have a friend who in college, he has like OCD or something. And so he'd come over for like a pregame or something. And be like, I just like straighten up a little bit. And we're like, yeah, go for it. Dude. Go do it. This is the thing you like to do. Yeah, exactly. Go. Exactly. That's what I want to be for people who want to do projects. And then I can learn during it right. too. Um, uh, not like a, a news thing. I'm listening to podcasts, trying to, hear cool stories and learn cool stuff. Now I'm editing these things, learning about, I'm appreciating moms more. I'm learning all their tricks, right? I'm doing another one. That's like a crypto podcast. I no, I relate to the moms more than I relate to like this crypto stuff. <laughs> Still just like familiarizing. Um, that's hilarious, by the way. <laughs> it's like the gap is so much bigger yeah. to be a crypto bro. Exactly. It is to be an actual mom. Exactly. And then, um, yeah, like the NBC job, I'm editing segments about like re- cool restaurants. Cool. You know, so it's one of those things where you can just get a lot of other yeah. um, knowledge and info from. You're going to be a great mom. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I think I've got all the good questions I want to ask. You want to close this out, Travis? Yeah, I mean, John, like, I appreciate you being on the, the show. This is. This is awesome. Like I learned so much about video editing. I really had no idea how you broke into that industry, like how you get started, like what the different projects look like. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate you being on and sharing your expertise. It's an absolute honor. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, my friend. So, thank you. I think that's pretty much it. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>